0: Hi, everyone. This is your CyberPath. We are the podcast that helps you get your dream cybersecurity job. This is Kip Boyle, and I'm here with Wes Schreiner. And we are experienced hiring managers of cybersecurity professionals. And listen, you can give us feedback on the show. All you got to do is go to the show page and that's at anchor.fm forward slash your cyber path. When you get there, you're going to see a button. It's going to say message. You click that button, you start talking, and then we will uh, get your feedback, and we welcome your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Um, not only do we want to hear from you, but we think it's important that you, uh, folks in our audience, uh, that it's valuable for you to hear from other Cybersecurity hiring managers. I mean, after all, every hiring manager does their job a little differently than than the others. You've heard, you know, Kip's take on it, Wes's take on it. Today, we've got a guest that uh, that we're going to talk to, so you can hear how somebody else uh, does their job. What you know, what are they looking for? We hope you're going to find this helpful. Please welcome Jeff
1: Jones. <sighs> Cheers! Amazing happiness. <laughs> Jeff, I'm so glad you're joining us, uh, and uh, it's it's good to good to uh, good to have you join us on the podcast, and and good to have been friends for years in the marketplace. So uh, glad to have you here, man.
2: Yeah, absolutely, guys. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate the opportunity to contribute to the program.
1: I wish I could see you in person, but we're in this this post post COVID current COVID environment. So. Uh, we'll have to to catch up again in person as soon as we can. I concur. We will definitely make that work. In the meantime, I've got to know: Are you still are you still riding bikes? Are you uh, are you still in search of the lightest bicycle frame possible?
2: Well, uh, the bike I ride is carbon fiber, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, b- bicycling is a passion of mine. Uh, in the last couple of years, I've I've gone out to uh, New York for the five boroughs tour. Uh, and it's not a race. It's it's really just a supported ride. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, the one in New York happens to be the, the largest one uh, in the United States. It was canceled this year due to COVID, unfortunately. But uh, I'm still putting the miles in here in the uh, Pacific Northwest area.
1: I bet you are, even if you're not commuting by bicycle. No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, where are you working now? What are you up to? What uh, what are you doing today? And, and uh, tell us a little bit about what you're doing.
2: Well, uh, currently, I work for an actuarial firm called Millman, Millman Inc. And I manage Millman's global corporate services information security team.
1: What does that mean?
2: Uh, information security team or actuarial consulting.
1: Ah, uh, so I understand actuarial consulting, and if I may think about that, that is actually the group of folks who set the insurance rates and uh, for for uh, large insurance providers, right? Actuaries are are some very highly paid mathematicians who pursue uh, building the most strategic formula possible for ensuring that uh, insurance can stay solvent and 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 make make money as a business, right? Yes. And so when I think about that. That's a very strategic industry to be in, uh, and, and the intellectual property available in that is, has got to be really high. Uh, I'm guessing that you are responsible for, for enabling the Milliman actuaries to protect their, their intellectual property. Is that about right?
2: You nailed it, uh, and yes, on a number of fronts. Uh, the team I manage is responsible for everything from vulnerability management, incident response, and security operations, just to name a few.
1: Tremendous. So uh, you've got you've got all the pieces: the the defend, the protect, the contain, the the respond, and the and the operate. So that's great. Uh, Jeff, can you tell us a little bit about? Uh, are you hiring people there? Have you hired people in the past? And what's your hiring management uh, story history?
2: Um, let's see. So what what began as a staff of three. Uh, a few years ago has strategically grown to a staff of 15 to meet the needs of the organization. Uh, Currently, we have 10 10 information security members uh, here in the U.S. and another five in India uh, who perform those key information security functions that I mentioned.
1: Great. Great. And is this the first job that you've been hiring in or have you been responsible for hire, fire, and other other roles as well?
2: No, uh, I've been uh, a hiring manager uh, through several positions uh, or or several positions uh, over the course of my career.
1: And I I know that when I've worked with you in the past, you really value the character of the person when you're looking for for who you want to work with. Uh, Character is before just about anything else is what I remember from from, uh, Jeff from the past. Does that still hold true? And, and uh, is there anything you'd add to that?
2: Yeah, certainly. Uh, you know, it, it's certainly pertinent for uh, candidates to, to be uh, appropriately qualified. But, but character uh, plays a part in how the company is represented, both uh, inside and outside of the organization.
0: Yeah, character is uh, something that we've been talking a lot about in, in uh, all of our episodes. Uh, trustworthiness, right? Because, um, geez, at the end of the day, we're in the trust business, um, and that's trust between ourselves and and also trust with the people that we serve. So character and trust, man, those, those, those go together. Yeah. And, and we're going to dive into that a little bit in this episode. So Jeff, when you and I were doing some prep, Um, And I was asking you, you know, what do you want to share with the audience? And you said, well, there's like five principles that that, you know, that are relevant and would help our audience get their dream cybersecurity job, which and I love this. And I'm looking forward to going through these one at a time. Uh, Jeff, what's the first one?
2: Yeah, Kip, I, I, I just love the concept of finding your dream job. And I would say the first principle in obtaining your dream job starts with having some perspective. Um, There's an old phrase that says, do something you love and you'll never work another day in your life, right? So the question I would pose to listeners is, do you really know what you love to do or do you only think you do? For instance, (laughs) (laughs) If if your dream job is to develop video games and you're only association with video games involves using a game controller, then that suggests that you lack proper perspective. Having perspective means being brutally honest with yourself about the quality and depth of your skills and having some insight as to whether utilizing those skills actually brings you happiness.
0: Right. Yeah, you know, I, I this is a good time for me to confess that there have been different times in my career where I didn't necessarily realize it at the time but I look back and what I what I did realize was is that sometimes I was chasing a job because my, uh, because of the prestige of the job or the pay of the job. And it wasn't so much because, you know, the job itself was intrinsically rewarding. I didn't know that yet. Right. Cause I hadn't gotten it, but I was kind of in love with other aspects about having that job. And, and so I've had to learn the hard way, you know, uh, this principle that you're, that you're talking about because, um, You know, it's pretty easy to get burnt out on a job or lose your interest in a job that uh, isn't quite what you thought it was.
2: Yeah, prestige is definitely a motivating factor. Uh, I recall in my first job after college, I I worked as a software development engineer for IBM. I hit the ground running coding in C++, and I definitely found prestige in letting family and friends know I was working for Big Blue. Um, I also received some excellent training while I was there. But I found myself wanting more satisfaction no matter what features were developed. There were always more features to implement or change and bugs to fix. Um, it wasn't IBM. Ultimately, I, I discovered that software development wasn't necessarily my dream job. Um, but I can tell you, um, you know, uh, that the the role itself. um The role itself was, um, definitely a a stepping stone, uh, for, for me to, to move on to other opportunities.
0: Well, it's a, it's a great, uh, it's a great skill to have in your, in your pocket, as far as, you know, information security, cybersecurity. Um, you know, I, I did some programming myself, uh, when I was in college and then first couple of years I was out of college. Um, but then, um, different things happened in my career that were, uh, that kind of came to me and, and I stepped away from programming also, but I am very glad that I had the chance to do it for a little bit.
1: Outstanding. Yeah. So, um, Jeff, do you want to tell us, uh, that's a good first point, uh, but I don't want to miss our, I don't want to miss the other four. So what, what's the second one? What do we got?
2: Yeah, the, the second principle, Wes, is, is being brutally honest with yourself about your quali- qualifications. Uh, for instance, if, if you've got a gap in skills, uh, it's not the end of the world. It simply means you have to work to do uh, and prepare for your opportunity. If you're committed to your dream job, then you have to be committed to investing in yourself. Uh, the technology, medical, science industries uh, often demand ongoing learning. Uh, through certifications uh, to evidence capabilities, right? Uh, You may need to pick up a a guidebook or enroll in some courses. A certification or advanced degree may even be qualifying criteria just to get an entry-level position, never mind your dream job, and that's okay. Uh, The point is to think about what's required of the position uh, or the role that you're pursuing. In fact, I, I encourage researching it.
0: Yeah, you got to do that because um, cybersecurity, information security, is kind of a, a, a an unusual uh, opportunity because depending on the size of the organization that you intend to work for and the specific job title that you would like to pursue, you may or may not need a, uh, a college degree. I mean, that's being de-emphasized by a lot of high-tech companies, companies. Um, such as Google and also the United States government. Uh, If you want a federal job, they've recently de-emphasized a bachelor's degree in favor of experience. So if you're a highly experienced person without a college degree, that's no longer uh, a deal killer as it might've been in the past.
1: I think some of the interview questions that we see today are also a little bit different than they used to be in the past. The practical questions about how would you help solve this problem uh, really take a person to a place where I'm not asking you how many degrees you have. I'm not asking you how many books you've read. I'm asking you, how would you help me balance these priorities to solve a, a business problem together? Mm hmm. Yeah.
0: Yep. And uh, so listeners, you should be prepared to... Uh you know, have a practical, uh, interview as part of the sequence of interviews where I I know for, for me, I like to, I like to pitch, uh, problems at, at candidates, stand at a whiteboard when that's possible and, uh, and then kind of go through it and collaborate a little bit and see, see what they're bringing to the table. Indeed. Jeff, do you do something like that when you hire, when you're doing interviewing? yeah open
2: ended questions and and again pre covid right uh standing at the whiteboard quite common uh to just get a sense of how a, a candidate thinks
1: what does that mean how a candidate thinks
2: well how they go about decomposing a problem right um how they might outline solving the problem if if not if they don't have the the answer right off the top of their head
0: um mm-hmm kind of their analytical engine, right? How do they how do they approach things that they don't necessarily know a lot about? Yeah. Cuz that happens all the time in information security. Oh my god. Google is your for friend. Time. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I I've learned I've learned so much about so many things uh because I you know, went went over to the web development team and said, "What are you guys working on?" and and they would, you know, pitch some acronym to me that I'd never heard of before, or a new programming style that I hadn't heard of before, and and all of a sudden, I'm thinking to myself, "I got to get up to speed with this fast, otherwise, I'm not going to be able to help them uh, do their job with with security, right?" So, um, so listen, folks in the audience, if 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 you love. Uh, finding yourself in a situation where you've got to pick up something fast, you're going to get a lot of that in the, in this kind of a career field. So, all right, there's two principles, Jeff. What's number three?
2: Number three would be testing the waters. Um, testing the waters is akin to dipping your toe in the pool to determine the temperature, right? So from there, you can decide whether to dive right in or maybe just ease into
0: it. Uh, or maybe find a different pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, with respect to your dream job, I would say testing the waters is, is really about having some experience in a role that's a logical stepping stone to that dream job. So, for instance, if your aspirations are to become a chief financial officer, a logical precursor to that is to be uh, have some experience as a company controller. Uh, Likewise, a stepping stone to becoming a controller is to have experience as an accountant or a CPA. Um, As an alternative, there are uh, internships uh, that provide entry-level and mid-tier roles uh, that allow people to gauge whether their desire to work in a role is tepid or boiling.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I love that principle. Uh, I love this idea of that you know you can try something, and that there's a um, that there's stepping stones to get where you want to go. And with respect to cybersecurity, uh, there's a really great tool on the internet that I like people to know about and to check out. And if you go to cyberseek.org, so that's C-Y-B-E-R-S-E-E-K.org, org. There's a couple of tools up there, and one of them that I recommend is called uh, the Pathway, the Cybersecurity Career Pathway tool, and it's going to show you, depending on, there's a bunch of little bubbles, and when you click on a bubble, it tells you what are the feeder roles to the role that you're interested in, and then what are the growth opportunities, the common growth opportunities, the common pathways to to develop yourself uh, over the course of your career. So, uh, amazing, amazing. amazing idea. You know, Jeff, you were talking to me about the different things that you've done in your past, um, you know, as you were kind of, you know, moving along your stepping stones and, uh, and you mentioned Banyan Vines. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: interesting. I hadn't heard that in a long, long time.
2: I, I tell you what, uh, interesting story behind that. Um, I had, uh, completed technical internships at, uh, Pacific Bell, uh, Pacific Bell and Pacific Gas and Electric. Uh, Those companies were major utilities in the state of California uh, in the 80s and 90s. Um, I had developed software macros, scripts um, for my assignments, but uh, I was afforded the opportunity to learn about local and wide area networking. Uh, Networking wasn't my primary or even my secondary focus, but uh, my manager had rather lamented the, the lack of resources for systems administration tasks. So I inquired about how I could help. Um, he proceeded to provide me with a overview of uh, LAN and WAN architecture, and he gave me my first primer on Banyan Vines. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and for those not familiar with it, it's a network operating system uh, developed by Banyan Systems uh, running at and Unix.
0: Right, so that was a forerunner, right, to what has become uh, something as highly standardized now, which at the time really wasn't. But you know, what today every every computer can uh, connect to, you know, an Ethernet uh, network running a TCP/IP stack. But back when Banyan Vines was out, um, you know, it was balkanized, right? If you ran Vines, you you really couldn't run anything else. Novell NetWare, as I recall, was a, a competing product. There's probably other ones too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so.
1: Anyway, thanks for the trip down memory let's, lane. Let's save the history of corporate networking for another day, gents, shall we? Uh, you're we, just
0: feeling awkward, Wes.
1: We got people who are hungry for their first dream cybersecurity job. Right. We have covered a little bit already. We said, uh, make sure you understand your big perspective, right? What What's really going on in the industry? And then and then secondly, we said, look in the mirror and be real with what you're looking at and, and grow yourself. And then, and then we just heard, Ah, uh, dip your toe in right? Let's find find ways to get an internship or a relationship or uh, a get started in that industry, even in the uh, in in a, a light capacity to begin with, right? Uh, and that's how you might move towards getting your dream job. Uh, after you've got your your toe in the water and you've got uh, your first opportunity, no matter how direct or indirectly related it is to your dream job, Jeff, what do you tell us we need to do for step four?
2: I think step four is the most critical one, Wes. And I think that's, that too. <laughs> And and that's doing more than what's expected. And and mm-hmm. it sounds so simple, right? Um, it's it's really the special few who do more than what's expected. Uh, and and again, the audience may be saying to themselves, you know, well, what's that got to do with your dream job? Well, look, after you nail that interview for the position you've been ogling over. A diligent employer is going to ask you for character and work references. And as a hiring manager, I can tell you by doing more than what's expected as a habit at every job you take on, you really give your employer something special to remember and appreciate as evaluations are written and references are provided. In fact, uh, just reflecting again on some of that time at at PG&E, uh, at the end of all of that, I was provided with unsolicited re- letters of recommendation from both the technology and staff managers.
1: That's tremendous. And and uh, we've talked about on the podcast before about leaving well. Uh, I, I would like to I would tie that together with leaving well. Right. Always leave uh, leave the place better than you found it. Uh, never burn the bridge on the way out. Um, maybe in a related fashion. Uh, Jeff, do you mean that you want us to come in and work 60 hours a week? Are you asking us to work uh, more than we're paid for? Is that what you're saying when you say do more than what's expected?
2: Well, uh, I, 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 I would say uh, certainly uh, working with some effort. Uh, and and yeah, sometimes that's going to include uh, additional hours, but I think it, it really has to do with uh, looking beyond the scope of what you've been asked to do, uh, and that rather assumes that what you've been asked to do, you've you've done uh, sufficiently or with proficiency.
1: I think I might add to that definition that it's with your head in the game. You've got to have your your full focus and your full attention at work when you're at work, because you're going to do your best work when you have all of your focus and attention here, right? If you're thinking about what you're doing on Friday night instead of thinking about what we're doing here on Tuesday morning, uh, then that's going to be sensed and experienced and felt by those around you, and you're not going to be exceeding expectations the way you want to. right That's a great point. Uh, I would add one more thing to that if I may, and this is the phrase buy the T-shirt." right? If you've been to Disneyland, you remember you went to Disneyland because you bought the T-shirt while you were there. Uh, in the same way, uh, for each work experience that we have along the way, whether it's uh, directly or indirectly related to what our dream job is, uh, while you're there. Be all in, be fully vested in what you're doing and buy the t-shirt where you're at because this season will not last forever. But if you've got the t-shirt, you've got it in the drawer and you have a set of skills and knowledge that you wouldn't have had had you not been uh, fully vested in work at that time in that place. Wes, have I love you been it.
2: rummaging through my closet?
1: Ah, <laughs> buy the t-shirt is is uh, always a good rule, my friends. Ah, uh, because that goes with you, right? Uh, yeah. The skills you picked up. Uh, you you take a three week rotation going to be smart hands in a data center. Well, in that process, you learn all about how data centers work, and you learn about uh, HVAC, and you learn about power and and cooling limitations, and you start to think, "Wow, there's a lot more to the data center than just racking and stacking servers." And when you start to understand that, when you go back to uh, whatever it was you're doing before, you have Uh, a more well-rounded learning if you paid attention while you were there. Some of the best experiences
0: I ever had that were really helpful to me in my future came from these kinds of side trips into, uh, into other other related areas, kind of like Jeff, what you were talking about a moment ago, when you were doing programming, but then all of a sudden, due to an, a need, um, you were brought in to, to work on uh, lo- you know local area networks, and um, you know so that's I think that's the kind of thing that we're we're talking about here. But don't do that at the price of. Uh, taking your eye off the ball for what you've actually been asked to to come and and to do what your primary purpose is precisely and I,
2: your your first priority is is definitely meeting the requirements of what you've been assigned uh, yeah. and from there you can really uh, look beyond that and 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 oftentimes a uh, inquiry about you know hey what else can I do to help help the business move along or improve. This particular process, or even just sharing ideas.
0: Yeah, I'm going to add one other thought to this before we move on to the fifth and final point, which is um, some of the some of the people that that have worked for me um, have really impressed me in this way uh, when they could actually anticipate my need, right as mm-hmm. as uh, as the team supervisor, if if you can figure out what it is that your supervisor is, is struggling with, or you know how is your supervisor being measured, and and if you can figure out a way to uh, to ease your supervisor's uh, struggle in that way, then that's that's super valuable. And I'm not recommending that as a form of of, of brown nosing or, uh, you know, any, anything like that. I'm just simply saying that when we get hired for a job, it's, it's because there is a bigger responsibility that's trying to be met. And we're playing one part of that. And anything you can do to help your supervisor is just
1: going to be welcome. So we've done right. our best. We've done our best in the place that we are. We have gathered the skills and the and the technologies that we can in the current place, and now it's time for us to pop our head up and look around a little bit. What what advice would you give the person who is ready for for moving closer to that dream job? Principle number five, and
2: that would be to market yourself, and and really that that comes down to networking and how you actually represent yourself on the internet. Um, when when I graduated with my Bachelor of Science in in Computer Science and Engineering, I had four jobs waiting for me. But what landed me my dream job is understanding that you're always marketing. Let me repeat, always. So think of it this way. Uh, Are you marketing yourself for the job that you have or the job that you want? Um, Over the years, I've I've managed uh, software development teams, IT operations, help desks, cybersecurity assessment, uh, and I've been afforded some opportunities to travel across the country and internationally, and among the questions I get asked at every stop is, why do you dress so professionally? Um, and, and I would note on, on most days, and you guys can attest to this, you'll typically find Jeff in some combination of shirt, tie, dress, slacks, and shoes, and my response is always the same. I'm not dressed for the job that I have. I dress for the job that I want. Now, admittedly, COVID 19 has, has changed the work environment, right? <laughs> yep. But uh, uh, again, the new work environment I would submit is video calls. It's not uncommon to see coworkers uh, on video calls in T shirts. And I, I would tell the audience don't do this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you're going to be on a video call, At least have a collared shirt on and right, and and be cognizant of noise in the vicinity and your chosen background. I know that Minecraft video game background may be cute on a video game on a video call with your friends, uh, but doesn't set the tone of professionalism you want when you're talking with your coworkers, supervisor or that potential employer uh, with whom you're interviewing.
0: You know, Jeff, that part of of what you're saying is, you know, as far as like always marketing yourself, that wasn't so hard for me to pick up in part, I think, because um, when I graduated from college, I went into the Air Force and the Air Force, like all military services, is is very big on appearance and, you know, having a pressed shirt, shined shoes and, and that sort of thing. So that that was pretty easy for me to for me to pick up. But you know the part that I really struggled with, and I'd love to hear your thoughts about this, is is some of the other ways that you can market yourself, right? Like um, uh, just all these extra things that that you can do, or maybe that things that you do that you don't realize is sending a message to other people about about who you are, right? These interpersonal relationships and and that sort of thing, and even social media, right? So there's there's so much more to it than just the the way you look, isn't that true? Absolutely, Kip. In in fact, I I would tell the audience that
2: you need to be astutely aware of your personal brand. And by personal brand, I I mean, uh, again, how you present yourself on the internet. Effectively, any information uh, your potential employer can discover through a basic internet search, uh, including how you present yourself on social media platforms, can enhance uh, or or jeopardize your campaign for that dream job. Uh, that includes LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Take your pick. Have um,
0: Have you, uh, have you ever, ever had any experiences with, uh, with job candidates and uh, you know seeing things you wish you had never seen? I have. <laughs> <laughs> Care to tell us a story? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I I will tell the the, the clean version. Um, so, uh, gentleman's uh, applying for a, a technical uh, position on on my team. Uh, and again, I'll, I'll preface by saying I'm I'm not approved, but but he chose to uh, include a URL to his blog on his resume. So fair game. So I go I go to the blog, check it out. There's Again, I'm not a prude. There's profanity. There's there's political stuff there, much of which I actually agree, some of which I I don't agree. But the thing that kind of stuck out in my head was, well, this doesn't really enhance your candidacy or and it wasn't relevant in any capacity to the job that he was applying for. So I had to question the judgment of why include the link at all, if that was the case. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, did you ask him that? I did. Um, oh, I can't wait to hear the answer. <laughs> and
2: that, and that's where, uh, fine people, uh, I, I, I don't know if I can clean that one up. So.
0: <laughs> <sighs> well, you know, my guess is that, um, you know, that, that, That could have been a form of him checking team fit, right? Like, this is who I am, and if these guys see it and don't like it, then that's going to save me hassle as a job candidate of of joining a team that really isn't going to want to hear from me
1: on these topics on a regular basis. (laughs) If you're going to weed yourself out like that, then do your homework ahead of time. Don't make your employer do that, or your prospective employer. Uh, It's not helping you. It's not helping your reputation. um, And that's just not not how we're going to want to conduct business.
0: No, you know, what I'd rather see somebody do is put their GitHub link in there, right? There you go. So, so I can go see what you've been doing. Show me your passion.
2: What sort of development have you been doing? You know, what What have you been building over time?
0: And you know what? And maybe you're not that technical, but maybe you are pitching in with an open source product uh, or project and you're helping with documentation or... Maybe, you know, maybe you've designed a really nice logo for them or something like that, or a website or something, right? You you can you can you can show your passion in more ways than just participating in a bug bounty uh or or, or something like that, right? So but anyway, whatever whatever you share with us,
1: um be thoughtful, would you? Very much so. That's that's the right answer is think about what you're presenting because you're representing the team and the management every time you you make a decision once you've moved into that team. So so represent well. Represent yourself well and then represent the team and the management well when you're there.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's a
1: great summary, Wes.
0: Okay, so um, we're almost at the end of the episode. So, uh, Jeff, thank you so much for sharing those uh, five principles with us. And uh, I just wanted to ask uh, if there's uh, any, anything else you'd like to share, Jeff.
2: Well, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to change up my Mickey Mouse shirts now since uh, <laughs> I've been through my closet. <laughs> hmm.
0: Jeff Jones, you've never worn a Mickey Mouse shirt in your life. <laughs>
1: You are dressed to the nines. I'm I'm guessing you're dressed to the nines for this call today, even though we have no video on this one.
0: <laughs> if there was video, you'd be making it you'd be making us look so bad. <laughs> oh.
1: Oh, you guys are too kind. Jeff, you're a sharp dresser, you're an even more sharp uh information security professional. I've enjoyed working with you in the past. I look forward to our paths crossing again in the future soon. Uh thank you for coming on with us today because uh your insight and wisdom is always appreciated. Thank you.
0: Likewise, fellas. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, everybody, if you liked this episode, uh, heck, listen to it again. There's so much information in there. But if you want to take it even further, you should consider signing up for our masterclass. It's called How to Get Your Dream Cybersecurity Job, as told by hiring managers. And you're going to get a lot of the kind of wisdom that you heard in the podcast here. And if you want to check out a story of somebody who uh, came to our class and did really well, uh, actually got his dream cybersecurity job before he even finished all the lessons. Uh, you can you can read about uh, his story uh, at yourcyberpath.com forward slash Steve. You can even listen to him talk about it when we were guests on the Insecurity Podcast, which is uh, published by uh, Silence Blackberry. But in any event, thanks for being here. Until next time, I do want you to remember you're just one path away from your dream cybersecurity job. See you later.